on this week's episode of Be More Super, the podcast, we've got a great actor originally from Australia um, and now living in Vancouver, if I'm right in saying. Um, uh, it's actually, a, Los Angeles. <laughs> Los Angeles, sorry, Los Angeles. Same time, time zone, but but it's a wonderful Lee Shorten. Lee, welcome to the show, sir. How are you today? Oh, I'm great, thanks, Brian. Thank you for having me. It's uh, stoked to be here. So. Oh, oh, it's a pleasure. And before we talk about your awesome career um, and start starting out, I like to check in with all my guests because, you know, we can't miss it. It's everywhere. Uh, not only your cat, but the pandemic. Um, literally, I mean, how have you coped with it over the last, you know, nearly two years coming up? Um, you know, mentally, how have you been keeping positive and moving forwards? Um, that is a good question. Uh, you know, yeah, ups and downs, I think, like like a lot of us. Um, I, I'm kind of lucky in that... Um, you know, I got a, a good close circle of friends and we had a tight pod so I could see people um, and we were all kind of on the same page about safety. And then um, uh, and then I was super, super lucky because I got to shoot a couple of things uh, during the pandemic, which, which is a luxury and, and a privilege. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them being Swan Song, actually. Uh, and then, you know, I, I think I did what everyone did. I, I read and watched TV and um, I wrote a little and tried to work out and... Yeah, <laughs> and did you learn it? And did you learn a new skill during the lock, lock, lockdown? Because a lot of actors I've I've spoken to have been baking, have been doing new hobbies. I mean, did you find a new hobby during the, you know, the height of the pandemic? I, <laughs> I am the worst baker ever. Um, so actually, no, not really. Like I, 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 I hadn't been very focused on my writing for a while and then i I, so i I did do a lot of writing so i guess it wasn't really a new skill but it was actually turning my focus back to that side of things for once Mm. i mean i've got to say uh you know obviously it's been a a tough time for us all globally regarding the pandemic um but i mean the positives from this lockdown is that we've got to spend a lot more time with our kids with our families with our friends um and also uh, create some wonderful things. I think humanity has had the giant reset button um, and hopefully we appreciate things a bit more and we're going to see some amazing content coming our way because these writers, like like yourself, um, you know, are producing some great stuff. So I cannot wait to see, you know, in the next year what we get to see on our screens. Um, so you grew up in Australia... Uh, and I've got to ask you this. So when you went over to the States for the first time, every time I go over to America, I always get mistaken for Australian. They always say, what part of Australia are you from? And I'm like, the English part. Uh, I mean, when you when you went over, I mean, with 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 your accent, did the Americans get confused? Um, I don't think so. I think it's always been pretty distinctly Australian. I'm, I'm shocked they would think you're Australian because you sound very British to me. Yeah, I was in Dallas and I was in a cafe. It was early morning and there was a TV crew and there was a woman that I think was a senator or a politician of some some sort and she overheard me speaking and she came over and asked me and I didn't want to embarrass her. I really didn't. But you know, I think I think the Americans hear something that's not English, and uh, I think take take a wild guess. But you, but you were born born in um, so so you would grow up in Aus, Aus, Australia, um, you know, and you studied law, which I think's fascinating. So, what got you from studying law and becoming a lawyer, or as we say in the UK, a solicitor, to become to becoming an actor i mean what a bizarre sort of you know transition um you know i think it's i think it's kind of common for, for asian actors actually i think a lot of a lot of asian actors, you know ken jong was a doctor and um I think olivia munn was in economics or finance or something i think it's a pretty common thing but uh yeah i guess it is a bit of a 180 i um a bit random i i I wasn't that kid who always wanted to be an actor or, or anything, actually. And um, 
honestly, I went to law school because I finished school. My grades were okay. And everyone was like, well, you have to go to law school or med school. And um, <laughs> I picked law school for some reason. Uh, and then for my undergrad, for my liberal arts degree, I majored in film studies. And I kind mm. of, you know, I'd always loved film and, and that solidified my enjoyment. But then, you know, I, I just finished law school, was a lawyer for a while. And I, I hated it so much. And then I was sort of thinking about what what makes me happy and i remembered how much i love film and i thought well i should give this film thing a shot mm, mm. i mean you often get a lot of people that you know get stuck in a job that that are scared to actually leave that job to uh, venture onto pastures new you know to take take that risk obviously that was a big risk for you to to leave i suppose a quite a secure job to what many actors would call you know, an unsecure or insecure profession. Uh, I mean, what reservations did you have? And did you have any when you decided, you know what, I'm just going to go for it? It's funny. uh, I I kind of think the opposite. I I thought it was very safe in a a way. Not that like acting is safe, but uh, I always think about, you know, people who pursue acting straight out of high school. And it's, well, you don't, to me, that's bold because you're, you're kind of committing all in. I mean, my sort of thinking was if I go and do this and, and it doesn't really work out, I'll always have a law degree and I'll have always have work experience. So someone surely will, I can come crawling back you know, to, to someone. So, so I actually thought it was a very kind of, you know, safe, safe move. Um, mm. Mm. I mean, I mean, it's got to be so, so scary to actually you know i mean what did your family think because obviously you know you've done all this stu- stu- studying to be a lawyer then all of a sudden you know you've d- decided to change your track i mean what was their thoughts on it i mean were they quite, <laughs> quite supportive i presume or not no I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and in fact i didn't tell them because i knew they wouldn't be supportive um <laughs> i i uh Australians can get this thing called a working holiday. So you just get a two-year open work visa to go to Canada. And a lot of Aussies do it, and they go and work in Whistler at the snow. You know, they go, mm-hmm. they just snowboard and, and work the lifts. So um, I just told my family, I was like, look, I've been working really hard for the past few years. I'm just going to take I'm gonna take a, a two-year working holiday, and I'm just going to go to Canada and just, you know, chill out and do whatever. And they're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's fine. So, But the plan was always to get into acting. And then I thought – when I, when slash if, you know, I book something, I'll circle back and be like, oh, while I was over here, this happened to happen. Um, maybe I'm just going to stay here and give that a go. <laughs> so, so, so you actually went over for that two years and you never looked back. You literally just stay, stayed there, I presume. Yeah, because I, I got, you know, I got extremely lucky. Um, and, and I did book something in my first year. I booked a couple of things and then I kept kind of steadily working and, um, so I just kept going and, and it was, um, validating. And, and then the funny thing was I, I had just booked the terror, which, you know, was this decent recurring guest star. And I was at home for Christmas when it happened. And I said to my family, Hey, I just booked this, this, you know, nine episode arc on this show. And they're like, great, great. Is this the last one? Are you going to come back and be a lawyer after this? <laughs> I think all parents are like that because, um, I decided to go to uh, university for performing arts. I, I I wanted to be an actor as well, and and my dad is proper working class background, you know, ex army, and he just couldn't understand why his son wanted to prance on stage and and be in musicals, and and it's quite quite funny how they think it's just a whim, like as if like it's not a proper job. Uh, but I, I personally think it's probably the most demanding, most, you know, you get all the rejection and, you know, you've got to have such a thick skin um, within that job. Um, so you stayed over there. You went up to Canada. So um, when did you actually go to L.A.? Uh, was it was it straight after or did you stay in Canada for a while? No, I stayed in Canada for a while. Also, I'm sorry that your parents weren't supportive either, so I feel... <laughs> I, I feel no, it's okay. It's okay. You saw me in, in Cabaret. Um, I played Clifford Bradshaw, um, you know, uh, the American, uh, because it's really weird, isn't it? In the film, the the Clifford Bradshaw character is English, but the Sally Bowles is, is, is American, but in the production, it's uh, the other way around. And he saw me in that, and actually... 
you know he really enjoyed it so he's been supportive but but uh, I don't act anymore. Um, I've I've got a wife, kids, um, a full time job. Uh, you know, I did it. I've got the t shirt. Um, but yeah, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. The the amount of auditions in London at Pineapple Stu- Studios, and the thing that that I didn't like was when you went to auditions. Literally, you know, to get into the actual room to actually audition was was. A, a feat in itself because you'd have the casting directors walking down down the line picking people out so so they didn't even know if they could act or if you know they were any good but they were just solely getting people for how they looked and for me I just thought do you know what that is just going to mess with my mental health and I, I'm I'm such a positive person so so I stopped that, but but no. So you went to uh, so you stayed in uh, Canada for a while. So when you went to LA to Tinseltown to the uh, place where the streets are paved with gold, as they say, what were your first impressions of LA? Um, the funny thing, well, I I've been to LA as a tourist in two thousand and nine, and um, I remember. Have you been to LA? No, no. I've always um, wanted to, but. I've been told it's not as you think it is, you know. Yeah, because I mm. think I had this idea from, you know, the movies and from watching too much Entourage on HBO. Mm. And I, you know, and I w- went to Hollywood and I was like, this place is kind of a, d- it's kind of a dump, right? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but then moving here actually for work was, was a bit of a different thing because, mm. um, you know, I, I have a, uh, again, I was fortunate enough, I'd met a lot of LA actors and writers over the years. So when I moved, I had kind of friends here already. And, you know, it's different when you move to a city and you have friends who actually show you what the city is about, as opposed mm-hmm. to, I mean, here's a tourist and you've got your lonely planet or whatever, mm-hmm. you are like top 10 things. And they're always these touristy <laughs> gaudy things. So I, I will say though, I think if I had to move to LA in my twenties, I think it would have been, because it definitely does have that kind of superficial side and, and you know people mm-hmm. who are just like out to use and abuse you and, and i think maybe if i had moved in my 20s it would have been a very different experience mm-hmm. i mean ov- i mean obviously you're in la now do you think it's really helped your career being in la because i know a lot of actors live in vancouver um which is you know another central where they actually make majority of the programs i mean i mean do you do you, do you think living in LA, la has helped you you know progress uh yes and no it's been a, um so you know you might know already but maybe your listeners don't and so apologies but so it's like even though it's something my shoot in vancouver and a lot of stuff does they tend to cast most of the the lead reg and big guest star roles out of la and then the mm-hmm. local actors and the rest so to some extent there's a bit of a glass ceiling in in vancouver so you almost have to come to LA to, to, to be auditioning for the next level. But again, because it's totally different casting directors, it's a bit of a reset because you come mm. here and you have some credits, but they still don't really know who you are. So you're competing against the actors they've known for like five, 10 years. Um, but, but at least you're kind of auditioning more regularly for the bigger, bigger, more juicy roles. Mm. I mean, I've interviewed quite a few Canadian actors that have said that, that the fact that, you know, American side of things, they they get the first pick. And I think I think it's crazy that that happened. Surely it should be the best person, no matter where they are, if they're in Canada, if they're in, you know, America, the UK. Um, But I just think it's crazy, especially when they go up to Vancouver to film. I think it's a bit of a slap in the face for uh, all them <laughs> Vancouver actors, but uh, but obviously you are playing it smart. Um, so when you were starting out, um, you know how tough was it? You know, auditions, getting roles, uh, and what were the biggest obstacles that you had to face? Um, man, good questions. Uh, I mean, the, the biggest thing for me first was the accent. I had to learn an American accent, um, which is tricky, uh, and then. You know, uh, being being Asian, certainly, it's again, it's much better now. And even when I started, it was better than it was, you know, 10 years before that. But when I first started, it was still a very niche kind of, mm. kind of thing. 
Um, look again. I, I look. I got really lucky because, in a way, I think when I started, we were we were at the cusp of this kind of Asian kind of renaissance, or you know whatever you want to want to call mm. it. And I think my agent at the time, who, who was like a very good agent, sort of saw me and was like, "Oh, this." This, like I think he saw like the future, right? And he saw there was potential there. And he's like, if I sign this kid now, and do you know what? Um, I've got to say that the, the really refreshing thing I'm seeing is um, a lot, lot more shows and a lot more projects with Asian leads because you didn't have those, year, you know, a few years ago. And now we're getting uh, Shang Chi and and Bpop. Cowboy on Netflix, which is awesome, which uh, with John uh, Chu. I, you know, do you think the tide is turning in the way of castings? You know, with casting directors and material coming out to to start to put Asians in leads of things, and especially, you know, love stories um, and and and, pro, and pro, pro, projects around that. Um, I. You know, I tend to be a little cynical. <laughs> I would like to say yes, but I think about, um, you know, I think when Joy Luck Club came out 30 odd years ago mm. and everyone said that was going to be the tipping point. And then Better Luck Tomorrow came out and everyone said that was going to be the tipping point. And, you know, for a while we had Jackie Chan and Jet Li um, and everyone said that was going to be the tipping point. So to me, I think it's too early to tell. I think we're, mm. we're two, three years in, and we seem to be all the rage, but whether we'll have the staying power um, is another story. And, mm. you know, again, not not to be a downer, because I'm, I'm also very happy about it, obviously, but mm. it also feels like we're at the stage where, you know, we did have a lot of films with Asians this year, but they're all still martial arts-centered stories. Mm. Stereotyping a lot, isn't it? Well, I mean, we're kind of reclaiming it in a way is the positive mm. spin on that, I guess. But it is like, listen, when I, I look at like the African-American community and it's like mm. Denzel can just be Denzel. You know, he can mm. do anything. Like he, he plays characters that aren't necessarily, or Will Smith, that aren't necessarily like the, the narrative reason for their existence isn't tied to their their race. Mm. Right? Yeah. When, when, when Asian actors get there then i think we'll be in a good place because right now yeah. it feels like that's we're at the step below where every time we exist it's still definitely tied to race as an as a central narrative driver or the reason for the character's existence mm. i mean what would you change about the industry if you had a chance from from your experience so far if you had oh, a magic man. wand <laughs> You know, honestly, the, the, the main thing I would change is, uh, but I, I would change just about so much. You know, it's the world. It's just like, let's get rid of people who are not very nice and who don't have empathy. Um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, you look at, uh, unfortunately, like, you know, Weinstein and, and the like, but mm -hmm. you, you, it's, they've been around for so long. And you've got to think that, like, the reason they've been able to exist for so long is because they had an entire network and system of enablers. And just mm. because they're gone, all the people that enabled that to happen are still there. And there's yeah. so many people who, who, who are of similar ilk still working in the business who just haven't been outed yet. Um, mm. And I really think if you got rid of a lot of that element, mm. just generally the industry would be a better place. And I think the social media media has got a big hand in it as well because uh, social media now is that platform, that voice. Um, so we can hear a lot about you know people like Weinstein and and Josh Josh Whedon, um, you know the experiences that a lot of the actors had with him, uh, as well as Brian Singer. And and I mean I'm sure that you know I'm the type of person that. It's funny you say Denzel Washington. He said some something once in an interview that if you don't read the news, uh, you're um, uninformed. If you read the news, you're misinformed, which is quite clever because you know you're. What are you supposed supposed, supposed to believe? But um, but yes, let's fill the world with nice people because then you know 
look what we'll be able to achieve. Um, so obviously, you know, obs obstacle-wise, um, you know, how was it start starting out? Auditions. I mean, do you enjoy them, or are they sort of the bane of your existence that you wish you didn't have to uh, do an audition? Because some some say auditions are an art art form in themselves. Um, you know, do you like them? Do you enjoy them? Uh, I, I definitely think they are a, a unique skill set of their own. Mm. Um, do I enjoy them? In a in a way, yes, because I I just like acting. So any chance to act is always you know a, a blessing. So mm. it's it's always well not always, but nine times out of ten is exciting to get a set of sides and read them and break down a character and, and do the work and then present it. Um, you know the the only having been here for a while and you know you look at the odds mm. the only downside is yeah you're like nine times out of ten nine point nine times out of ten you're like well this is not going to turn into anything mm. so, yeah. i mean what's what's been your worst audition um you know your worst worst experience i i remember I had just come off Men in the High Castle, actually, and I went into tape for some other show playing like a another cop, another cop. So for coming for those who don't know Men in the High Castle, my character is like a, he's a sergeant, right? He's, and I do my tape and the casting director's just like, he's, he's not very good, are you? And I'm like, oh, wow. I'm sorry. It's like, I just, you know, this character's a cop, right? You know, Joe's character's a cop, you were so not believable as a cop. Like, I just, did you do any work? Do you, do you know what you're doing? And I, I just, I, I mean, the benefit was, you know, I think I had a little bit of security in myself having just come off a job. Because I think if that was like my first audition, maybe it would have crushed me for life. But I didn't know what to say. I'm just like, uh, please, you know, well, please tell me what you would like to see. But in my head, I'm like, this is such a weird disconnect because I just played a cop for two years. So. <laughs> and i've got to say it's weird now because a lot of auditions are by self-tapes now so you you can't get that feedback you can't get you won't have that chance of maybe doing it slightly different or the producers or the casting people might say can you do it a, a little bit different and that might be your sa saving grace um what's been your best your favorite audition that, that you've had um god good question good question you know i it, it was an early one actually i think um it, back in the day when we went in the room and i remember i went in for i zombie and uh and that was a the canadian cast director and they were notoriously you know i'd heard they're very cold they're very like the room is just dead though they won't even say hello it's you know it's blah 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 it's, it's mm. awful so i kind of went in prepared for that and, and uh it was again it was for a tiny role um and it was funny because i was there and i was reading for a therapist and everyone else was like I was the only Asian guy there and I was so much younger. Everyone was much older and there were, you know, there was a lot of women there. It was like a real kind of cattle call. And I, and I did it. And then I remember the casting director just went, thanks Lee. And then she like winked at me and was like, we'll see you soon. And then I like, I'm pretty sure I heard in the parking lot that they'd already pinned me for the role. And I was like, that's so, oh. that's so unheard of, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, or I mean, I mean, how do you deal with rejection? Because that must be such a horrible thing, you know, at the start to not being wanted. I mean, how do you deal with it when you find out that actually you didn't get the role? Uh, yeah, the first the first couple of big ones hit pretty hard. I, I, I've stopped thinking about it of as rejection to be honest um and i think it helps you know as you know for, for better or for worse it, mm. it's it's often rarely about the acting it's about so many other things you're too <laughs> tall you don't have the right color hair I, yeah you remind me of my sister who i hate but um you, you know brian cranston I, I remember he had a quote about like it, it's like it, what 
it, it was kind of, I don't remember exactly, but he was basically saying, you know, if you, if you find a wallet on the street that's not yours, it's just not yours. It doesn't matter if you found it. it it's not mm. yours, right? And it's so, so for parts, he was just like, you will get the parts that are yours and mm. everything that you don't get just wasn't yours. So you, you can't really lose it because it was never yours to begin with. Yeah. And so I, I guess I really stopped thinking about it in terms of rejection and more just, you know, I put a tape out there and if I'm right, I'm right. And if I'm not, I, I've kind of already moved on. And it only becomes tough now, I think, as you move up the level. So you put out a t- I put out a tape, don't even think about it. Then if they want me to retape, I start to think, oh, oh, maybe I could get this. And then when you go into the chemistry read, you're like, oh, there's only three of us, so I, I really could get this. And then you, you know, and that's when it becomes tough. And then, you know. Mm. But you've obviously got very good at it because, uh, you know, your credits are awesome. Um, so you're obviously doing some something right. And those wallets that you're finding are obviously yours. Um, so, I mean, um, so at what point did you realise, because obviously you left being a, a lawyer and you wanted to be an actor, at what point did you realise, actually, I'm actually really good at this? <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I took some classes when I first got there and a three months in, I, I actually was like, I should quit and go home because I have never been this bad at anything in my entire <laughs> life. Like, like that I wanted to be good at. Cause you know, I, yeah. I'm terrible at so many things. I mean, we, we all are, but the, so <laughs> when did I think that I was, I mean, I still don't think that, you know, I, I, even on Swan Song, I, I remember just thinking like, how can I, how can I, how can I op- act opposite Mahershala Ali? It's like Mahershala Ali, man. Like, am I really, mm. should I really be here? So I, I don't know if that feeling ever goes away. But do you think that's good having that little bit of self-doubt because it keeps you grounded. It keeps you, you know, sort of, um, I don't know, you get some actors that, literally i th- i think their egos are bigger than their careers do you know what i mean and it's quite nice to actually have actors that are quite modest quite you know at the end of the day it's a job you know uh you you go you film you perform you do your piece and 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 you you you, you leave and you you wait wait for the next next one so i think it's quite nice to be modest and and you know have a bit of self self-doubt because i think that keeps you on your toes you know, it keeps you working at the craft and becoming, you know, more open to learning more. I mean, what's your end goal? What's your, you know, your dream? I mean, is it awards? Is it work? Is it working with certain people? And, uh, you know, what is your end goal? Um, honestly, I, I try not to think about it just because of the nature of the business and, mm-hmm. um, I just look. I, I always think about someone like I always think about Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's always my go-to, mm. right? Like I don't really have dreams or aspirations of you know being a movie star or that sort of thing. But I look at a guy like that, and it was like he he consistently worked. He worked on cool things with cool people, uh, mm. and he kind of just got to play you know the breadth of the human experience. And you know that all that's all I would like cool mm. is to work enough to be able to have a family and um and work with cool people on cool projects in, in any mm. capacity and he's an awesome actor and he's, he's sadly missed and and his body of work is definitely going to be remembered for years to come so how do you measure success how how <laughs> do you measure success personally yeah uh, i mean again i, I I'm, I'm the worst interviewer because I'm almost like I don't I don't really because I, I suppose the goalposts are changing all the time you know mm. when I started I was like hey if I can get an agent that'd be great and then you get the agent you're like, well if I could audition that'd be great if I could book and then it just keeps keeps moving and, and again I, I've been very fortunate in my career to work most of the time I'm paired with much older actors much older veteran actors have done you know they've been on the journey like Joel De La Fuente and you know, Carrie and, and um, Jimmy Saito. And and so I just get to listen to their stories and, and hear about them. And, you know, 
if I if I look at them, I'm like, you're so successful. But mm. and not that they're not that they're not successful, not grateful, but they're looking at the person who's, you know, ten steps ahead of them. And then, you know, even say someone like Mahershala, I remember on the final day we wrapped, it, it, you know, we're all giving speeches and, and he was talking about how he looks at Glenn and wishes he was he had the success that Glenn had, like in the nicest way. Like he wishes mm. he had that body work and that skill and that craft and he, he finds Glenn to be an inspiration. And you're like, but this is Mahershala Ali who has two Oscars. And so mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, you're always going to be moving the goalposts. So in terms of success, I, I don't, I, I try not to think about it, you know? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, the thing is people measure success on so many diff- different ways. There was a book um, that was brought out by an actor called Sh- uh, Sean Kanan that was in uh, the Karate Kid mo- mo- movies. And he brought out a book called How How to Measure Success. And it ha- it's filled with literally actors, entre- entrepreneurs, and how they measure, measure success is completely different, at, you know, as, as you would imagine. So you would think it would be money, it would be possessions, but it was like, you know, being able to get up each more, more, more morning, or ha- having your health, or having your family. Uh, me personally, it's having my girls and 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 them grow up in a a loving place, and 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 um, yeah, and being being happy. Um, so let's talk about some of the body of your work because, uh, funnily enough, um, what day are we on today? Choose Tuesday. So at the weekend, I was chat- chatting with the wonderful Mark Shepherd. Which um, so he was in Telford at the Wales Comic Con, and I was down doing a bit of filming. And uh, you starred in Supernatural, which is one of the, you know, the one of the longest running series on 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 T TV, and it, it's just fantastic. I mean, if you could just tell the listeners and viewers who you played, if they haven't seen it, because I think everyone has, uh, and a bit about the role. Uh, so I, I played one of Mark Shepard's demons. I, I played one of his minions and, uh, I, I did it a few times. I think someone said I was the, I, I made the most appearances as a minion consistently, <laughs> but never got a name, but you know, um, and, and that was, that was fun. So, you know, I was always just kind of toadying around and trying not to be killed by Mark Shepard. <laughs> and what was it like working on? that show uh you know coming coming in with the main cast members were you treated nice uh i mean what was the whole experience like yeah it was great because i mean i think my first appearance was season 10 so they'd been at it for Mm. so long it 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 was kind of it was such a good example of a set to me like a positive set because on the one hand they were like a well-oiled machine Right. They were just like, they roll up, go. There's not really any technical hiccups, smooth as butter. But they were all still loving being there. They were also super nice. And they were also still willing to like take risks and, and try things. You know, I, I've been on some other sets or heard stories about sets that have been going on for a long time. And it's the opposite, right? Everyone's tired mm. and sick of it. And they just want the show to be canceled. So that was so nice. And I think, I think, I think Mark and I always had a bit of interesting chemistry because there was maybe the subtext of him being British and me being Australian, and um, we just kind of got on, and he was very welcoming. Yeah, it's an awesome show. I think I've got a picture of you just there for everyone to see. Uh, Mark on the left, of course. Uh, you can't miss the back of his head. Um, but it's 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 awesome. Again, you know, I mean, do, you know, with 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 you and your friends, I mean, are you quite competitive on the jobs that you book? You know, is it a case of you're quite supportive or is there a, a secret sort of competitiveness between you guys? I, over the years, I think I've tightened the circle a lot. So in, mm. in the early days, you know, I did have friends and, and there was this weird. Oh, I think you've dropped again. I'm so sorry, bro. I don't know what's it's happening. Okay. My connection's not even dropping. My internet yeah. is... I've got it in the I mean, 
mean, I'm doing um, a... Why am I just doing it? Let me just speed test here, because I should be getting good old internet. Eh? I've got like 240 megabytes per second download speed. So, but then, then again, it's modern technology, oh. isn't it? You can't, you can't, um, you know, it's not always going to be one one hundred percent. So, um, I'm, so I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. It's okay. I'm going to ask that question again. So, so obviously, with your group of friends, um, you know, how competitive are you? And um, you know, are you secretly competitive, uh, or, or, or are you supportive? Um. So uh, you know, uh, over the years, I've, I've tightened up the circle of friends. I think, and in the early days, certainly there was there was people who were very competitive and, and jealous and, and, and I think also if you're surrounded by that, I think it, it kind of feeds that in you too. Mm. Whereas I, these days I'm at a place where honestly, like, no, we, we, we will share auditions. So if I get a, if I get a breakdown and I think that's right for my buddy, I'll, I'll be like texting straight away. Hey, did you get a read for this? And mm. if you didn't, I'll be like, you, you know, you should ask your reps and you know, uh, we help each other tape, even for the same roles. Uh, a friend of mine actually is currently working on a show. I can't say what, but we both tape for it, and he got it, and I, I was genuinely stoked because, again, when you look at it, you know, I'm like, you are better for that role, and and mm. also he's the loveliest guy, and he hadn't worked for a while, and it was like, I, I could not be happier that he is working. So, I, I've been I've been lucky to find a good group that's that's like. That is awesome to hear, and and your body of work. I think you've appeared in so many I, I, iconic shows. I mean, Van Helsing, which is one of my favourite shows. I've had a few of the cast on, like Alex Ponovic and and uh, Kim Coates, and 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 I've got to say, it's one of my favourite shows. And your you were written especially for within the show, which which I'm I'm very interested to hear about because. Uh, you have a very stylish fight with uh, with Vanessa in the show. Um, I mean, if you could tell me a bit about your role and how that came about, because it's quite interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had so much fun on that show. Um, yeah, so my character is Master Sui, who is this... Uh, the episode takes place way back in the day, like the 1800s, and I'm this uh, vampire hunter kung fu master, and I help her out a little bit. Um and, you know, I didn't know about that part of it until we wrapped. So mm. what happened was I, I had gone in to help out a friend of mine. They were doing um, PSAs for, for the union, for voting. So I just went in and did a PSA. And uh, Jonathan Lloyd Walker, who was one of the writers and was going to be the showrunner of, of, of Van Helsing, was, was helping record those PSAs. And he just saw me and was like, in his head, he's like, oh, that guy's interesting. I, I want to work with him, apparently. So then he went away and then years later, this audition for Master Sui came in and I went in and I taped and then they booked me and then it was on the drive home from the final day of shooting. Jonathan was like, I didn't want to tell you beforehand or anything because I didn't want to you know, get in your head. But he's like, as soon as I saw you that day, I, I wanted to work with you and I wrote this role for you. So, you know, that's, and it was an incredibly humbling to, to hear that, you know. Mm. And again, you enter in a series that is already well established. The fan base is enormous. Uh, I mean, what was the filming like, and what was that scene where you had that fight with Vanessa? It was, it was, it was pretty stylish. You know, it wasn't like all, you know, it was quite artistic. I mean, what's your fight background, um, and did you have to have to train especially for that for that role? Um. So I, I'd done some martial arts as a kid and then I, I box mainly, but mm. we, we had a stunt double for that as well. So the way they do it is, um, you know, because of TV scheduling, we didn't really have a lot of time to train or all we have is half a day to learn the choreo. But then, you know, so they'll shoot one or two takes with me and then they'll shoot a couple of takes with a stunt double and they'll kind of work it out in the editing. So, you know, hats off to my stunt double who, who I'm sure is carrying the bulk of that on, on the See, you, you know when you've made it, when you have a stunt double, uh, <laughs> you know, on screen. They don't want you to get injured, which is obviously shows how valuable you are, uh, which is awesome. Which, uh, yeah, the stunt community uh, really needs to get, uh, you know, a bit more recognition. They do a hell of a job on these shows. 
and Honestly. they don't really get the the limelight they just do it for the for the craft which is awesome um and then fast forward to december this december the 17th on apple um i have watched the trailer and i just think it's astonishing i really do it's literally it's drawn me in and i cannot wait till the 17th of december if you could tell me a bit about this awesome film um that you're involved with and who you play Okay. Uh, yeah, I, it's a movie called Swan Song, starring Herschel Ali and Glenn Close and Naomi Harris. And it's set in the near future. And um, basically, Herschel Ali is faced with this incredible decision um, about what to do. Uh, it's always hard to work out what I can say without spoilers. But, mm. um, uh, look, it's, it's this wonderful... I keep saying it's like if Ex Machina was a love story. Mm. Um, so I don't know if people have seen that. But uh, I play this character called Rafa, who is a scientist at this facility run by Glenn Close. And I'm, I'm sort of like her right-hand man. I, I handle a lot of things, and uh, I'm a little bit of her muscle as well, uh, just in case things get out of hand. <laughs> but uh, at its heart, it's actually this wonderful love story and a story about family and about mortality and, and and you know what you would sacrifice for your family's happiness and, and mm. for their future and it's and it's directed by the wonderful ben, benjamin cleary as well which um he won an oscar for stutterer which have you seen it uh, i have seen it and oh. do you know what do you know what i actually suffered with a stutter i had speech therapy for over eight years and um that's what's encouraged me to do this podcast to do this show and it it, that's what encouraged me to go into acting because I could not get a sentence out at all literally I had friends and their mums would hit me on the back of the head thinking it would get the word out and it was awful literally I I was extremely overweight I had a stutter I was every bully's dream um and I'm I decided sorry. to go no it's okay do you know what it's made me the man I am today it really has and um you know I went into acting because I found that when I had a script or when I sung a song I didn't stutter which I think's astonishing and there are many actors out there uh, like Eric Roberts who I've had on the show um he suffered from a stutter as well really really bad and that's why he went into acting himself was because you know he didn't stutter but that film that that Benjamin made it was so I cried to be honest I had a tear in my eye because I could relate to that character and at the end it was so beautiful I don't know it was just that you didn't realize that that I actually I don't want to spoil it for anyone uh, because you can actually see it on YouTube believe it or not um, but it's also av- available on Apple and everywhere that you get your your streaming service services from. You can buy it from there. But yeah, so it's directed. Swan Song is directed by Benjamin Cleary, and the cast is obviously well established. And they also say that actors often learn uh, by their peers while on the job. What was it like to work opposite Glenn Close? Because she looks like a scary lady. And I'm sure that she is lovely, but I would be scared um, to even look at her, to be honest. Uh, I really? mean, please tell me she is lovely and she is very nice. <laughs> um, you scared of Glenn Close? Wow. Um, yeah. She, she is lovely. She mm. is lovely. Um, I, I, was, I was, you know, nervous in the way that, you know, again, you're going to go and work with Glenn freaking Close. Mm. Um but no, no, she she's the most humble, gracious person, and and so much fun. Like she's always just laughing, and she would sing between takes, and you know, like she's she was a breath of fresh air, hundred percent. Um, just it, it was like it was like your your cool aunt being on set. <laughs> oh, if only, if only. I suppose. I, well, I'm sure she 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 is lovely. I trust everything that you say. Um, she would still scare me. Uh, but what a great actress! I mean, I mean, did you learn a lot while on set? I mean, did you pick up anything? Did they give you any advice, or was it a case of you actually just got on with the job and and enjoyed every minute of it? Uh, 
it, it, yeah, every day was like a masterclass. Um, I, I was just watching them. And I don't think it was, particularly in Glenn's case, I don't think it was necessarily advice, but it was like watching watching the way they navigate set and the way, the, the questions they would ask and the things that they would do in rehearsal and, and all that kind of thing is mm. always a lesson because you're like, oh, I wouldn't think through that or, or, or whatever. Um, but also I think it, in some ways, the biggest eye opener for me was, again, I, I don't know about you, but I always have this sense that like, oh, you know, Glenn Close must be the most, uh, you know, she must just like drop in and just nail it and then just like peace out and everything's a cakewalk and she's phenomenal, which is not to say that she she's not, but like to see her like occasionally drop a line or to see her like question her own choices or to be like, did we get it? Was that right? I don't think I'm feeling it. Like just to see, right. She still has all the same things that we all do. And like, it's comforting and terrifying to know that I guess that never goes away, no matter how mm. good it perhaps. And she's obviously human, you know, she's yeah. a person, yeah, you know, still, still, you know, working at the art. Um, I mean, there's greats like uh, Marlon Brando that, that read, you know, he, he, he had cards with his script on it. So when people thought he was this intense actor, actually what it was he didn't have his glasses on so he was looking at these cards and this is a true story this is on superman the movie literally he had all his um cards written out so it just shows they're hu they're human and uh and mahersala ali i mean i mean you know what an actor i mean i can't wait for blade when it comes out because he's going to be the next next blade um, isn't he obviously you you, you filmed uh, swan song um under pandemic am i right right and saying i mean what yeah. was the restriction procedures like i mean did you feel safe on set i mean um, you know were you masking up and having to get all your tests done you know daily yeah, or every other day um, i felt very safe because our production was and you know we, luckily we were one of the few productions that had no cases through the whole the whole shoot wow. but we would test everyone had to test um i think it was every two days basically every two days or every three days you would have to test mm. um you know and everyone's masks you no one could have masks off except for the actors and then only when we were rolling we let have masks off and in fact usually everyone was double masked like a mask and a face shield um you know even even for the actors like for the first month we had because you, know, you know usually in between uh shots you just go back to the green room Mm. or whatever we had separate green rooms so we weren't even hanging out between takes oh. for the first month because they were being <laughs> that safe yeah um, but yeah i mean it's it's, it's it's got it's got to be strange you know being used to hanging out and now it's all these procedures but i suppose it's great that people got back to work that that you know people are following procedures so it, it you know because pe people don't realize how much money i mean i know we had the incident with tom tom cruise on on set on mission oh, yeah. impossible and in all fairness when i saw that video i was like good for him because you know what he was trying to say was you know by following these procedures people can pay their mortgages they can feed their families and, and so you know you've got to follow those and be part part of the solution so talking about your obviously your wonderful career so far have you kept anything from any of the shows, any mementos, anything that you may have borrowed that the studios don't know about? Which, which I'm sure is fine. You're the creator, uh, creator, creator, curator of these wonderful pieces. Have you collected anything? Um, I have. I got. I got one of my jackets from Swan Song, which was which was cool. Um, I have. Randomly from Man in the High Castle, I have a pillow from the wrap party because at the wrap party they had Man in the High Castle rugs and pillows, and we took one of those. Um, but a lot of the times, <laughs> you know, a lot of times I can't because so I wanted to keep stuff off the terror, but it was all because it was a period piece, it was all mm. um rentals, so I, I couldn't even they couldn't even gift it to me, I couldn't even buy it because I wanted my paperboy cap, you know. Uh, same with Van Helsing, like I wanted to take uh. I asked to take something, but they're like, well, we, we don't even own it. So, um, yeah, one day, one day. It's called borrowing. 
you know you're not like sort of you just you know you're you're using it and you yeah ah oh, dear me well i hope, hope hopefully you'll 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 get to uh take many things in the future uh, 17th of december obviously swan swan song which everyone needs to you know subscribe to uh apple uh and and watch watch that show uh apart from that are you working on any, anything else or are you putting your feet up and enjoying the the uh the you know the thing of swan song are you, are you just going to enjoy it and just put your feet up for a bit no, I mean, like, I think, you know, you got to make hay while the sun shines, right? So mm-hmm. I, I never want to be not working. But uh, I, I am working on something right now, but I cannot say what You cannot is. say. Yeah, it's fine. Good old NDAs, you know, you can't say it, um, you know. But no, no, that's good. That is good. And how can fans follow you? Uh, on social media, of course, not in person, because that's weird. Um, <laughs> so um, I res- you're on in- in- Instagram and Twitter. Um, yeah, what is your handle, as they say? Uh, it's LC Shorten. Wonderful. That is awesome. I think I've got all my questions. And, and lastly, um, it's nearly Chris, Chris Christmas. How are you going to be ce- ce- celebrating it in uh, sunny L.A.? Um, well, my girlfriend's uh, Canadian, so I'm going to go back to Vancouver for a week and, um, and, and be in the cold up there, so. <laughs> excellent you're not the only one that's going to be in the cold because it's actually freezing here but uh lee thank you so much for being a guest on 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 the show i, I had a lovely chat um, and you know what we didn't get a chance to uh talk about the man in the high castle so maybe in the future uh on future pro, pro, pro projects i can get you back on the show and maybe have a chinwag about those and uh, a bit about the uh, man in the high castle yeah, thank you so much for having me, and I'd love to. Always down to chat. Um, you have great questions, so I really appreciate you having me up. 